Hello and welcome to The Knock-On, KCLR and Scoreline.ie's weekly rugby podcast. In this episode, myself and former Leinster captain Chris Pym talk about lots, including how the Lions won their first test over South Africa last week, player performances, the good and the not-so-good, Springboks coach Razi Erasmus and his off-field antics, we analyse the Lions team selected for this week and how the Lions will beat South Africa and wrap up the series. Joining us on the knock-on is former Leinster captain Chris Pym. Uh, Chris, how's things? Good, yeah. Not a bother. Another nice week. Yeah, a little bit around there yesterday just to give the grass a drink. But uh, yeah, good week. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, Johnny Tobin can't make it with us this week. The irony being that he's up to his eyes in rugby uh, at the moment. So <laughs> we'll leave Johnny to it. Um, plenty happening, but I was talking to him. We did watch the Lions match uh, and he was texting me during it as well and uh, enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, he's raging to be missing out, but we'll try and catch up with Johnny on next week's uh, podcast. Chris, um they won. That was great. Uh, beat the lines. You call it. You call it 1916. 1916. 1917 there. I was counting my money. But uh, we tagged another penalty on the end there. So, um, yeah, look, it was uh, yeah, it was a strange sort of a game. As they say, the old-fashioned game of two halves, that's for sure. Absolutely. Um, yeah, there's lots of bits and pieces to talk about in it. Um, I suppose overall, looking at the match, did South Africa lose it or did the Lions win it? Yeah, well, I mean, we were talking about Razzie there before we came on air, but, um, you know, there was three massive decisions during the game, TMO decisions that certainly had a big impact on the game. Now, um, the first one where um, LaRue was in front of the kicker, I thought was, Jesus, I couldn't see how we thought uh, LaRue was in front front so I think certainly the South Africans were very unlucky in that regard um, to have that one overruled but yeah certainly that one certainly went in our favour that's for sure uh, the second one I think which was the knock on by uh, uh, Steph the choice um, looked to me like he didn't touch it and yeah. uh, the ref awarded a try so that was fine and then what was the third one um, Hamish Watson's tip oh, tackle. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. The tip, well, obviously the tip tackle as well. Yeah, which saved his bacon. But then the other one was the uh, the Colby knock on uh, yeah. for the other try. That uh, so yeah. Look, you'd have to say on the balance of those three decisions that the Lions were a little fortunate. But I think the referee certainly got it right in two out of the three cases. So if you added back in the South African try, well, then you certainly got a very close game there as well. But you could possibly say that South Africa lost it on the base that Pollard missed two very straightforward kicks as well. And you've got two a try plus those two penalties. That's an 11-point swing. Um, yeah, look, South Africa were, could probably consider themselves unlucky. But on the balance of the game, certainly in the second half, um, the Lions totally dominated territory. Uh, I think I saw a stat somewhere, they had something like 76% of the second half was played in the South African half. And certainly the two tries they got, or the try that they got in the second half was from 
was from deep so it was really from a kick ahead that should have been tidied up a little better kick ahead from Farrell that should have been tidied up a little better than it was so yeah it was uh it was a strange game an unusual game um possibly too much kicking which i think is possibly what we're going to get again tomorrow but um i think the lions possibly looked the better side when they were carrying the ball they strung more phases together so but um yeah, look, the South Africans are going to be hurting and they're going to come out tomorrow big time. How did you think they got on on the physicality stakes, Chris? Um, obviously, as we were talking about last week, we knew the Lions weren't going to commit terrible numbers to the to Rooks or anything like that, um, you know, which is the tactic. Um, how did you think they fronted up? Yeah, look, I think probably the biggest single thing, I think we spoke about it last week as well, was the scrum. Um, we were never under threat at any stage in the scrum. So their plan of bringing on their first team second row in the second half didn't work. And when we brought on our second string, second row, or our second string front row, um, they stood up really well as well. So, it, you know, their front row, their starting front row, what should be normally be their front row, starting front row against what would normally be our second string Second, sorry, front row got, um, I would have said Lions got the upper hand of both of them. So, yeah, look, really interesting to see what happens tomorrow. But I think that the scrum is such a massive part of the game for them and where they really stamped their authority on the game. That was, they didn't get that dominance. Um, I thought the Lions managed the breakdown much, much better than they had in the A game. And I, I thought Otoje was absolutely superb. Yes. Um, just absolute, you know, way ahead of anything else they had on display. And uh, certainly was I can, easily the best of the uh, of the Lions forwards. Yeah, he was uh, some man, he's some physical specimen of a man. Um, mm. And he did. Um, Chris, the line out was a bit shaky. Um some overthrows and just not not something that they can you know you're saying targeted the scrum it's one area we can get south africa but uh, they want to tidy up their lineouts a fair bit we, we know that the only options really have against south africa is go to the front um but yeah a bit more accuracy needed there yeah i think as the game went on there's a couple of ones early went astray all right but i think as the game went on they kind of grew into it and you know, we scored off a rolling mall, which is like the ultimate insult to a South African side. So, um, you know, I think mentally that just put the Lions in such a good place at the start of the second half to get that try off the line out when Alwyn Jones went for the corner instead of taking the three points. You know, that was a massive turning point in the game. And to be fair, the Lions forwards uh, never really looked back from that point on and never looked like they're a beaten force, yes. Um, South Africa got over the line twice in the second half, but very much from broken field stuff and mm -hmm. not stuff that they'd created or developed through stringing eight, nine phases together. So, yeah, look, it was a much, much improved performance in the second half. Absolutely. Um, Tom Curry gave away a couple of penalties earlier on as well, which was yeah. annoying. <laughs> I, thought he might, I thought he might have been in trouble this week yeah. but, uh, on the basis of the three early penalties but I guess you've got a 22 year old who's learning at every level you know, he won't give away three tomorrow that's for sure so it'll be uh, 
it'll be really interesting to see or not tomorrow sorry saturday um it'll be interesting to see how he goes but i i'm expecting i'll get a massive game from him um so and really interesting to see what they've done with the bench that they've two back rows well one and a half back rowers on the bench with Falatau and Tyg Burns. So on the base they picked Falatau, I thought they probably would have gone Henderson uh, so that you've got proper cover in the second row. But look, I mean, Tyg can clearly fit in there. But if there was an injury in the first five minutes or something, it could be a long afternoon to have someone as light as Tyg at that level of physicality. So that was a slightly strange call and they'd be hoping that Toje or Jones don't uh, don't pick up a knock early on. So on that basis, uh, it looks like a good call. But on the on the basis that there might be an injury, they're certainly taking a risk. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how that one pans out. Yeah, and uh, Hamish Watson has been dropped off the match day squad altogether. Yeah, he's a little unlucky, and uh, mm-hmm. certainly was lucky to stay on the pitch with the tip tackle. Um, you know, any any commentary. You would have seen pretty much that he should have got a yellow. Um, and yeah, it was when it happened at first, it happened really, really quickly. And I actually thought it was fine as well to play on. But once, um, and it's like anything, when you play it in replay, of course it looks worse. Looks brutal. Um, but when you play it at normal speed, it's Kind of almost like it happened so quickly you wouldn't even notice. And I think he kind of went through the through the process of putting him down as quick as he could as well because he realised he had tipped him. So it was uh, he was almost trying to pretend nobody saw it. But yeah, look, it got picked up, and I think he's extremely fortunate to stay on the pitch. But yeah, I mean, you could have made a case for starting him ahead of Curry, but um, and Curry was possibly a little lucky not to get a yellow with the late hit on. Um, Faf de Clark, um, I know they gave, they, he got the penalty and it was from where the penalty, from where the ball landed. But yeah, on another day, that could have been a yellow too, or if it was later in the game. So yeah, both of them are possibly uh, a little fortunate in that position. In that case, but yeah, who knows? Yeah, and Tuluba Falutau is uh, is uh, promoted at the expense of Hamish Watson as well. But Tuluba, we sort of know what to expect from him on the bench anyway as cover. He's uh, he's been around a while. Yeah, look, and if he came on for certainly for an injury, um, I'd be interested to see what they do. Whether they'd move um, Jack Cohn into six or mm-hmm. play, um, so they can play Toby at eight, or would they just slot Toby in at eight? At sorry, at six, because I know when the two of them were on the pitch together the last time, Jack actually stayed at eight. So um, maybe that's a sign. But then you've already got a six on the bench. What's the point of that? So, yeah, look, I'm not quite sure where Gatland was going with that one, but on the base he got his win, he's uh, made the right call so far. And I think certainly the battle of the mental battle of the coaches, um, he's certainly coming out on top at the moment because I think Razzie's losing the plot a little bit. Yeah, we'll talk about that now in a, in a small while, but he's, he's going to be cray-cray, as, as the kids say. Um Jack Conan did nothing wrong, I don't think. Uh, pretty, yeah, pretty solid performance, and he's back on the team this week. Yeah, I thought all the Irish guys did really well. I thought Furlan was immense, and he's become such a linchpin on that side now. And, you know, even as a leader, you can see him talking now, whereas 
you know, you know, you would never have seen him talking in the past. Um, yeah, so you know, I think he's becoming both a vocal and a physical leader of that side. And I think he was absolutely exceptional, and he just bring every time he gets in the ball, he's adding energy. And oh, I thought he was just fantastic. Jack Conran again, um, without being spectacular, was just work rate was phenomenal. And I uh, thought he had a really, really cracking game with a super carry count and a super tackle count as well. So, yeah, look, a lot of positives. And I know there was a bit of media during the week, particularly from the Welsh guys, trying to Sam. get Toby back in the yeah. back in the frame there. A lot of talk with Warburton and uh, a couple of other guys I listened to online were trying to make a case for bringing back in uh, Falatau. But, uh, look, I thought... Very hard to fault Jack, and certainly um, Warren, when he was announcing his team, certainly backed that up as well. He said that he was really, really happy with him and that he does the right thing at the right time in the right place. So yeah, he's absolutely superb. And then Henshaw, he is absolutely that leader in the background, in the back line now. Even when Farrell came on, you could see uh, Henshaw making the calls. He was shouting, roaring. He's, you know, so much is happening off him. He's he's spotting the space. He's kind of making the calls, talking, talking the whole time as as players develop. So he's he's just become such a huge player uh, for that line setup. Uh, a little surprised to see that uh, I thought they might look at bringing in um, Aki into uh, yeah. in a twelve and leave leave things as they were, but. Um, and particularly on the basis that they're a pair and they're so used to playing together and so used to knowing if it's either which what each other one does. And then you have you're bringing in Harris, who's obviously an unknown at this level, and obviously then having to shift Henshaw out of the 13 jersey where he is, he is so so good and he has that bit of time and vision. Um not something I would have done, but hey, I'm not picking the team. And Harris scores a hat trick tomorrow. I'll be eating humble pie. So, yeah, uh, yeah but re- look really good. I suppose it's probably a surprise that they promoted Murray ahead of uh, Price. So the Price had done well. He'd done nothing wrong. Did very little wrong. And bringing Connor in to close the game out seemed to work really, really well. So, you're slightly on you, slightly surprised to see that. But you look, we know that. Murray's a big game player that uh, Gatland has a lot of time for him. So I think, yeah, look, on the, on the overall tour basis, you would have said you'd have been surprised to see him not getting picked last week. So on that basis, seeing him getting picked this week isn't a massive surprise. Yeah, I mean, when you put the games into context, you can wrap up the series this weekend, you know, even though it's a three-test series, and I think we forget that as well. Um, so maybe the experience side of it coming in there. Um, Johnny Tobin sent me on a stat about Jack Conan, just briefly going back to him. He's uh, the most metres carried by lines forward in a test since 2009 uh, in that match at the weekend. This is over 48 metres uh, made or carried at that game. Jamie Heastip was on 39, Sean O'Brien, David Wallace and Courtley Laws. Like That's some stat to have um, from that. You can't, you can't argue statistics with statistics. Well, you know they say um, truth lies and statistics, so maybe you can. Absolutely. <laughs> um, Funapola is some dude. Um, when he came yeah. on, I, I thought Look, it was very. Um, we spoke about him last week. I'd have absolutely had him in the side 
he's there on the basis of an injury to win jones and gets in and boy does he take his chance he was immense and never looked in the slightest bit of bother and yeah look no surprise seeing him in there he uh great bit of stuff as i say we're very surprised not to see him there in the first place and shocked obviously to not see him in the 23 so yeah look he got his chance and he took it and uh fair play yeah and uh, a bit of crack as well he was asked in a press conference during the week um there was a bit of criticism about him grabbing faf the clerk and pulling him up off the mm-hmm. line uh for whatever reason i don't see why that would be unsportsmanlike he pulled oh, yeah. him off faf turned around and went grand off he went yeah um, yeah look it was um and i know razzy was going ape shit about that as well during the week and I mean, of course he was kind of it i think it's a sign of a man under pressure that he's kind of flapping at everything now and uh he's only looking making himself look stupid at the moment i think any moral high ground he had coming into the game with the whole psychology of been water boy and all this twitter account stuff and um, i think he's just blown it now to be quite fair i think people it's just all, laughing at him at this stage yeah it's all a bit cracked we'll, we'll talk a bit more about the team selection for this week in a second but we'll go straight into razzie now while we're talking while you're talking about him chris so yeah the water boy thing was the first thing to turn people's heads it's not illegal but it sort of is um uh, in terms of world rugby, it's a bit of a weird grey area one, um, but he did it and he doesn't care what people think. <laughs> then we had the Twitter burner account story yeah. coming out as well. He addressed that in a, in a press conference this week and goes, oh no, I know that guy. Uh, yeah, he, um, he sends me stats and really cool videos all the time. Yeah, of course yeah, he does. Yeah. Um, and, and today the press conference or overnight, uh he put together a video of all the ref decisions that were wrong, um, that didn't go South Africa's way and the ones that went the Lions' way. 45 minutes of footage um, presented to the media. Um, Uh, So, like, this is just sort of mind-blowing stuff um, from a coach. Uh, Like, he's either detracting away from the stuff he's doing himself or he genuinely believes it, but... Chris, World Rugby won't like this. Um, this could yeah, go no, pear-shaped I, really quickly. Yeah, he could get it ticking off all right, but I think, um, oh, look, he's always been his own man. He's always done stuff his own way. Um, but I just think, you know, I would have had a, bit, a good a lot of respect for him. I thought he was a really good coach. I thought he was a really good man-manager and kind of just got on with the job um, without kind of shouting and roaring. But this kind of stuff is just... He's just washing away any credibility I think he would have had with the rugby community. As I said earlier, people just laughing at him now. I think it's just, it's it's unfortunate. But look, um, it'll be really interesting to see what it does to his own team. Whether, you know, is that buying respect from his own players or is he backing up what his own players are telling him? I don't know. I just think, I think it's stupid to be quite honest. I don't think it's doing the game any good. I don't think it's, particularly doing him any good and most of all it's it's no good for his team it's not he's not generating anything positive by uh by doing that sort of stuff so yeah look i think it's unfortunate but it adds spice and it adds drama to the occasion i suppose and you know all the media build up between now and kick off a lot of it will be about him as opposed to about maybe shortcomings of his team so maybe maybe that's part of it but you know i think it's highly unnecessary and 
and not and not adding anything positive in my in my view. Yeah, I would have been the same as you, Chris. Would have been a fan of his uh, coaching style and everything. Um, but uh, this is all a different kettle of fish. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, um, we'll have a look at the uh, so the game is on Saturday, five o'clock kick off Cape Town again. Um, so just l- looking through the team, we touched on part bits and pieces of it earlier. So Conor Murray is one of three changes um, to the team. Um, so he's promoted from the bench. Macavonapola, who both of us would have had his first choice uh, on the front row, he's in. And Chris Harris comes into the team um, to partner Robbie Henshaw. Uh, Chris, of course, he's a Scottish player there as well. Um, yeah, as you said earlier, I was wondering about Aki um, maybe on the bench or even coming in to start alongside um, Robbie with that familiarity with the Irish team and everything else. But however, uh, Rory Sutherland, Ali Price and Elliot Daly, they are there onto the replacements now. Um, Falatow's promoted at the expense of Hamish Watson. Um, probably to, Chris, I'd say, add a bit of physicality off the bench, you know, in, in expectation that the Springboks go to their 6-2 sort of bomb squad, as they call it. Yeah, so I saw that. They went 6-2. So that's probably, yeah. you're right, that may be well part of the conversation. And um, so he does bring that, maybe that little bit more physicality than Hamish Watson would. So, uh, But I think certainly from my perspective, the biggest surprise would have been Chris Harris in the 13 channel. And uh, I think it's a big ask. And um, certainly Dale and Day, and they'll be looking forward to running down that channel. I'm not 100% sure sure how secure we'll be in that channel and then obviously you're moving Robbie in one yeah. um, you know while he's a very good tackler he probably wouldn't be as uh, as impactful a tackler as, as Aki would be so yeah it's a slightly different tact and maybe it's a with a view to trying to run around the South Africans a little bit this week as opposed to through them so um, maybe, maybe that's the psychology and possibly that you know, as we said earlier, Gatlin doesn't get too many of those test decisions wrong. So, yeah, look, we'll we'll back him for now and uh, see where it gets us on Saturday evening. Yeah, um, and poor old Lee Williams. Um, no, there's no sign of him on the team yet. So Elliot Daly is retained. He keeps his place on the bench. Um, but uh, no, Lee Williams would have been starting all these games four years ago, three years ago, no. four years ago. Five, yeah, four. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> whatever we're on before, yeah. But yeah, I think um, the piece about Liam Williams is the Van der Merva was lucky to get in there in the first case. Mm-hmm. He did okay, but I actually thought if there were going to be a change to the back line, well, I would have made two changes. I obviously would have taken Daly out and brought in Aki, but I possibly would have looked at Van der Merva as well and bring in... Uh, Williams, because we didn't really win the aerial battle, certainly for the first 60 minutes. And um, I mean, Van der Merve is a big man, but um, Colby got a, got up over him twice, if not three times. And um, I just thought they'd relook at that and maybe see and look and put Williams in there, who's played a good bit on the wing for, for the Lions. So, yeah, look, interesting call, but certainly. Um, Certainly was a surprise to see Van der Merwe hang on there, but yeah, um, and it'll be interesting to see obviously on the back of next week what happens. 
but uh, we have to get through this week first. So Yeah, absolutely. Dan Bigger is going to partner Conor Murray, of course, at halfback. He's still, uh, he is still has to come through the return to play protocols and before that match as well. Um, so he's been assessed by an independent uh, consultant this week, but fingers crossed he'll be in. He was stable enough, in fairness, Chris. He's, I don't yeah, think he did he was, an awful lot long. Okay. Yeah, he was okay. He missed a kick. You'd liked him to have got a real clutch yeah. kick there before half time. And, um, you know, you hate to see those straightforward kicks like that been missed in a big game. So I was kind of glad, to be fair, Harold Farrell was taking the last kick. So um, at the final, at the final furlong there. And then, my God, my heart was in my mouth then when they regained the ball off the kickoff with uh, with only seconds to play. It was like, oh, my God. I mean, that Here is just absolutely criminal to let the attacking team when a when a kick off like that so but yeah look hopefully we tidy that up this week that 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 can't happen because if you're looking to close a game out like that that's just oh scary stuff it was uh it was uh squeaky 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 bum time there with the last last minute or so when they retained the ball for those four or five phases and say lucky marrow came up again with the a big claim and uh, he did really, really well. So, yeah, look, we we lived to tell the tale and uh, it was a great win, yeah. Um, Stuart Hogg, how did you think he got on? Did well. I thought he certainly in the second half as well. He grew into the game. He had a couple of chase kicks as well where he closed down space really, really well. Um, yeah, I think he really, really benefited from last week's game and certainly would have held on to him for this week. I thought he was, uh, you know, without being spectacular, um, I thought he did his basics well, bar one spill early on, but uh, recovered really well. I thought he had a really solid game, which he wouldn't necessarily be known for. He'd normally be known for bringing a bit of magic to the to the game. But yeah, I thought he did his basics really well. I would see him having a big game, big part to play tomorrow. Oh, on Saturday, sorry. Grand, I'm in the same boat as he was done the pod we've recorded the podcast on different days the last few weeks. So yeah, Chris, yeah, yeah. Um, Chris is yeah. very confused. I'm not quite sure how the week it is now. So. Um yeah, so Chris, looking at all that, looking at the team selection, looking at last week, you touched on it there. Are you sensing a change of tactics just to change it up for uh, the second test because a, a lot of us will think Usher if it worked last week do it again this week but Warren Gatland doesn't work like that doesn't work like that and so I think to be fair I think uh, the Lions will have a look at what the South Africans do as in if they're going to go direct route one again Lions will just love that because they've proven they can cope with it. They can prove they they've proven they can handle it scrum time. The lineout was pretty good in general. And the breakdown, they didn't get hosed in the breakdown the way they had in the A game. So I think the Lions, they won't sit back, but mentally we'll kind of just have a look to see what way um South Africa is gonna take the game. Because if, if South Africa are gonna try route one, well the Lions just need to do what they did last week. And that's just be massively competitive at breakdown, massively competitive at the restart, and then they're right in the game. And you'd be kind of thinking, based on the way South Africa have played for the last two, three years, that I'm not altogether sure they have a a wide, wide game um, and that they're built to play that kind of game. And I think possibly one of the factors as well that helped 
uh, the Lions last week was possibly match fitness. I know we'd spoken about it before last week, whether it would be a factor. And I know Johnny had mentioned it. Um, so um, I think certainly in the last 60 minutes, in the last 20 minutes, the Lions did have more fitness. They were more match fit and it did count. So on that basis, I think it'll be really interesting to see whether um, the South Africans are going to change their change their tack because it's not something they've done before. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see, but they kind of it's it's kind of shit or bust tomorrow or on Saturday that they really do need to uh, front up. So, but as I say, it'll be really interesting to see whether they go route one or whether they change tack and try and throw the ball around, which I think may well suit the Lions a little bit better. Yep, chance to wrap it up on Saturday, Chris. It's a it's a big game. You have to treat it like a final. And then Bundyaki can run out for the last game and can do what they want if they win mm-hmm. this one. Um, and everyone else that is looking for a cap as well. Um, do you want to call a score again, Chris? You were close enough last week. Um, yeah, look, I'd be optimistic that we've kind of, I think we've got inside their heads a little bit. Um, I think any of the mental barriers we would have had from a physicality point of view would have I think we've dealt with them now if they come with a higher octane more physical game well obviously we'll have to step up again and it remains to be seen whether they will or not but on that basis I'm going to stick with the Lions and we'll go 25 16 Oh, very good. Uh, a try, a try deep into the second half to secure it. Um, and realised on my prediction from last week with the South African getting and sent off, that didn't come through, but it will this week because they're desperate. There you are. You yeah, heard it here, the first lads. We're getting a box sent off and a good win for the Lions as well. Chris, it's great ch- uh, chatting to you, of course. Um, previewing the Lions against South Africa. The second test is on Saturday at five o'clock. It's on the telly um, and it's on the radio as well. Not KCLR now, but it'll be on some other uh, radio stations and online stations, and whatever. So keep an eye on it there. Uh, we're looking forward to it anyway. Chris Pym, thanks a million for talking to us. Absolute pleasure, Stephen. Thanks again. That's it from the Knock On Rugby podcast on scoreline.ie. Don't forget to visit scoreline.ie for more on rugby. And of course, if you're into your GAA with the Clash Act, all things MMA and lots more. Talk to you soon.